0: Welcome to the Mindful Divine Podcast with your host, Shayna Bianchi. As a certified Reiki energy worker, a hypnosis therapist, author, and motivational speaker, I like to consider myself a mindful healer. I designed this podcast to give you a method to manifesting in order to transform your life and welcome the things you not only want, but deserve. Whether you're into alternative wellness, or simply want to learn to be more mindful in your daily routine, I will equip you with tools, practices, and spiritual wisdom to align with your dream life. I'm here to remind you that there is more light within, and the power to beginning your inner journey starts right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Mindful Divine. I'm your host, Shana Bianchi, and I'm recording this on the Virgo new moon, getting ready for the autumnal equinox, and I am so ready to welcome this new seasonal chapter. You'll likely be listening to this just a few days after the official fall equinox once it's edited and live, but... I actually had a lot of personal family issues that I've been dealing with. I really just had to be present with my loved ones. Some were sick, some were passing away and transitioned to the other side. I just had to reset and kind of let the podcast take the back seat for just a minute. So thank you so much for being patient and gentle with me during these last few weeks. Okay, so before we get into today's episode, I want to share a little bit about this equinox. It reminds us that the wind blows in versatility and change and is currently asking you, what are you ready to release? Ask yourself that now. What have you held on to for the last nine months that you're ready to rid yourself of? What anger or resentment or fear or frustration is weighing you down? The autumnal equinox is the start of air season, and the energy of this time is really a lot like the wind, right? No matter how long it's been blowing in one direction, it doesn't hesitate to change course in an instant. This equinox can remind us that we all have the power to shift and change directions for good. We all have the strength to do this. Align Within, another amazing podcast that I love, says that these three months of air season are the most transformational time for your energy in the year. So I encourage you to work with this energy to gracefully release what you've outgrown in an effort to maybe form some new habits and some new rituals and move in a new direction. I'm giving you permission to free yourself from the energetic weight that's holding you down and really let the air carry you through to bring about this transformation i also want to mention that this is the last episode of season one of the mindful divine podcast it's been a true pleasure to walk alongside of you these past few months it's really been such a transformational journey for me to write and research and talk about these topics so I'll just be taking a brief hiatus, and I'll be back very soon with a slew of amazing guests and gurus and doctors joining me on the show for season two. You know, with COVID, this first season had many more individual episodes than I had planned, but I have an exciting new plan in place for the end of 2020 and into 2021, and I cannot wait to bring you even better content than before. You can expect new courses and workshops and so much more. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can stay in the loop by signing up for our email list at mindfuldivine.com. And of course, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Shana underscore Bianchi for more information as it comes out. Today, I am excited to share a topic with you that is very near and dear to me personally and professionally. And I actually put a poll out on Instagram about various topics that you'd want to learn about. And so many of you had this at the top of your interest list, which is past lives. So for many in the Western world, it seems to be a bit of an unknown, but intriguing topic, right? But I think that there's so much that we can learn from ourselves and from others through this alternative form of therapy and through regression. The messages of this episode will discuss the ever-questioned, commonly discussed topic of reincarnation, giving you the opportunity to learn about something called quantum healing hypnosis technique you'll hear various stories of people who claim to remember these past lives and how you can connect the subconscious to the conscious to uncover lessons of your past in order to inform you of your purpose in the present and future in an effort to help you achieve health, find peace and create balance. If it doesn't align with your beliefs or religions, that's okay. I respect everyone's views. I only encourage you to listen today with an open mind and an open heart to this episode. We observe the principles of reincarnation everywhere in life. The cycles of nature, day and night, the cyclic motion of the sun and the earth and the moon and our solar system, right? We also see the principles of reincarnation reflected around us each day. A plant grows and dies and releases its seeds. Its seeds burrow into the earth, begin to sprout, and new life is reborn once again. Reincarnation, or the rebirth of energy or life, occurs all around us in different shapes and forms every single day. Maybe this is why, to many of us, reincarnation is something intuitive, something that resonates with the very nature, the very essence of life. We also see that our lives and everything around us follows a fundamental pattern, that of change, growth, transformation, and evolution. We see that all life goes through a maturing process at different rates and different velocities. But to many of us, the maturation process of the soul through the process of reincarnation sounds just as fundamentally correct as any other maturing process in life. And to others, it sounds downright crazy, right? Not only that, but some have experienced extraordinary feelings, memories, and sensations that point to the legitimacy of these mysterious experiences. I've been fascinated in these things as long as I can remember. I read Many Lives, Many Masters by happenstance in college and was truly changed forever. It's one of my favorite books. Finally. What I had intuitively believed for so many years made so much sense, and I had an actual doctor, Dr. Brian Weiss, who was originally a skeptic, confirm his work and experiences with clients with such fascinating accuracy and astonishing case studies. I also want to say I'm a believer, but intrinsically a skeptic of things too until I get the facts then I'm all in. So Finally, in 2019, after years of reading and researching past life regressions and near-death experiences, I went through my own personal session, which was wildly profound and life-altering. I saw several lives that I had lived. I understood why I had certain phobias and anxieties in this life, and by re-watching these lives, I was able to heal those phobias and move on in a healthy life so I didn't continue to repeat them over and over again. My personal session inspired me to finally go through my own extensive training to become certified in this form of therapy. And that's some of what we will be talking about today. Past life regression therapy is an alternative therapy that has been performed and believed for thousands of years so I'm now certified in QHHT therapy or quantum healing hypnosis technique I'll get into the specifics later on the show but what I love about it is that it's not always tied to past lives If that's not something you connect with we can still work together in a meditative state to help you heal anything emotional or physical that you need healed It's like an expedited therapy session, which will work with your higher self and spirit guides to help you see your life clearly, get to the root of your problems, and help you rid yourself of physical and emotional wounds that are sticking to you. It can help you with so many of the topics that we discuss on this podcast, and it can really help you unlock your purpose, tap into your intuition. Move through any professional roadblocks, heal any repetitious narratives that you're holding on to from your childhood, um, aid in physical trauma, and really move through past trauma in a healthy way that might actually be holding you back. It's a miraculous form of therapy that's very unique and it's available to everyone. If it doesn't align with your beliefs or religion, as I said before, that's totally okay. I do respect everyone's views, but I do encourage you to listen today with an open mind to this episode, even if it feels far-fetched, even if it seems to go against what you've always thought. You're listening right now for a reason. You're intrigued. You clicked on this episode for a reason. So who knows what parts of this might resonate with you, and why not give it a shot? Today, I want to tell you what you can expect from a QHHT past life regression session. So basically, when I work, we are connecting the subconscious to the conscious. A regression itself is the through line that's connecting you and enabling you to unlock your subconscious. Through these sessions, we are letting the subconscious drive since normally, Each and every goddamn day, the conscious self is driving. As soon as you ask for a session, my spirit guides and your spirit guides or angels are really kind of conspiring to make the session unique for you. I truly feel that the lessons from our past can inform us of our purpose in the present and future. So what is QHHT? also known as quantum healing hypnosis technique. It is the technique that I use, which was developed by Dolores Cannon. She's sort of the godmother of regression therapy. I uh, definitely encourage you to look her up. She's amazing and has written a ton of amazing books. And this form of therapy involves inducing an individual into a somnambulistic or meditative state in trance, through visualization. So ordinarily, this state of being is experienced twice daily. You experience it every day. It's the moment just before you become consciously awake and the moment just before you fall asleep. And quantum healing can help you achieve health, find peace, and create a sense of balance in your life. Anyone can gain access to experiences of past lives that they've lived and you'll discover this infinite knowledge and powerful aspect of your higher self that can be contacted and communicated with. This part of yourself is always present with you and it just exists right below the surface of your conscious mind, thus appropriately labeled the subconscious or source or the higher self. So the difference between ordinary past life regression and QHHT regression is that we work not only with past lives but also with the subconscious and the akashic records for instantaneous healings both emotional and physical when appropriate so this method has been proven to be effective on thousands of people all over the world regardless of their age or gender or personality any physical symptoms or religious beliefs or cultural backgrounds for literally over 50 years and it's been conclusively supported that we all have Uh, subconscious which contains the answers to any question that we have about ourselves or about the life that we are living. The resulting healing and wisdom that is received is truly remarkable and it often changes people's lives profoundly as you become more aligned with your divine purpose. You are more in tune and in touch with yourself, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and everything else that kind of coincides. And you might be asking yourself, what is a past life regression? Well, a past life regression is the first component of the QHHT technique. So a client would be regressed and guided through an appropriate past life. So if you were the client, you'd be guided by me, much like a guided visualization meditation and would usually settle upon a first scene. You will see or feel significant moments within past lives from one or many lives and eventually move through the end of the life and beyond to look back and reflect on themes within that life and significant traits that might have carried into your current life your subconscious will select what past life to show you and you'll be guided through the experience by myself the past life scene the subconscious chooses to show you is always relevant to your current life you'll never be shown something that you cannot understand or something that you're not ready to see and i also want to mention that i personally see things like a movie but others might instinctively know things and somebody else might just feel things not everyone is visual not everyone experiences things the same way every person's experience is unique to them i also want to mention that not everyone goes into a past life i've had clients go into suppressed memories within their current life and even into old dreams that they've had whatever you need to heal will be revealed So what is hypnosis? In short, I am not going to make you bark like a dog or quack like a duck. Those are silly stage tricks that gave hypnosis a bad name, and they couldn't be farther off from what we're doing. Instead, this form of hypnosis is more of a guided visualization in a meditative state. It allows you to connect to your subconscious while I, your therapist, talk you through and help you heal or uncover any questions that you might have. Hypnosis is actually super easy and everyone can be hypnotized. And in general, there are four main brainwave states of the mind, beta, alpha, theta, and delta. The first is beta. This is when we're wide awake. Here we have goal setting. It's where we compare ourselves to others. It's really where our conscious mind lives and any logical analyzation takes place in this state. We're here like 99% of the time. The second is alpha. It's a light level of trance. It's an altered state. This is where your beliefs and ideas, your daydreams and your dream state exists. The third is theta. This is the deepest level of trance. It's called somnambulistic or the subconscious state. It's where you can connect to the subconscious and it's where your memories are stored. And the fourth is delta. Delta is when you are just asleep. Bye. So when I work, I work within alpha and theta, right? Two and three. And surprisingly, everyone is actually hypnotized 80% of every day and they don't even know it studies showed that after approximately 60 seconds watching tv you're already in alpha because you're concentrating on something there was this specific study performed where a tv would stay on as long as a subject was in beta right wide awake and then the tv would turn off if they switched down to alpha and the tv kept turning off and for all of the subjects the tv didn't stay on more than 60 seconds for each person to move into alpha Have you ever been watching TV so intently you didn't even notice someone walking into the room or been scrolling on Instagram and didn't notice how long that you've been sitting there? That's alpha. That's hypnosis. You're actually hypnotized a lot of the time every day. Funny, right? Okay, so what is my role as a regression therapist? I'm simply a guide and a facilitator. I help to facilitate to show you an experience that has happened to you before in this life or in a past life. This is a really healthy form of therapy. So by working with your subconscious to show you these moments, it will help you to be the best version of yourself in this life. There's also a lot of different YouTube videos on just finding your own past life and I actually think the safest way is to do it with a therapist just in case you do have something that comes up that is traumatic you have a professional there to talk you through it so you truly can heal from it and clear it in order to move forward in a healthy way so during a session you will feel and see you will first feel like you're making it all up or you're unclear why you're seeing something just go with it. I tell clients to say the first thing that comes to their mind, the first thing that you imagine, quiet the conscious mind, simply saying what you see or feel. And as the client, that's all you do. You just report on what you see or feel. You don't need to analyze it. You just say the first thing that you see or feel. I'll ask you a lot of different questions along the way the whole time to continue to prime your mind. And then that will help you open up what you see. It's kind of like a flower that's out of bloom at first and out of focus. And then as we start to talk and as I ask you the questions, your mind will prime and that flower will start to open and reveal itself to you. Your angels and spirit guides will take you to whatever and wherever you're supposed to go and whatever you're supposed to see. It could be a past life, it could be between lives, it could be You know, in light, in in space, underwater, other planets. It sounds crazy, but anything is possible. And you, as the client, will come to the session with a series of questions that you want answered. And I'll ask the subconscious these questions for you. And that's really where a lot of the healing happens. It happens in the second part of the session. Your higher self will give you the answers. You'll usually be laying down with your eyes closed, and it is super relaxing. It's absolutely amazing. So um, what is the anatomy of a session? Well, there are three portions to a session. The agenda consists of first um, kind of the interview. It's where we talk for a while about why you wanted this session, your current life, your childhood, your job, your family. We really just get to know one another. Then we go into the meditative hypnotic alpha state. This is the past life regression itself. I'll calmly regress you while you're comfortably laying down, and you'll be taken through a guided visualization by myself, and you'll be shown one or many past lives. And um, you usually remember all of this. I don't have. I haven't had any clients who don't remember this part of it. And then the subconscious or the theta state, this is where the higher self healing takes place. If your higher self feels that you're ready, you might be guided by myself to connect with your subconscious, your higher self. This is where your spirit guides could come through, source or where God could connect. I'll ask the subconscious any questions that you came into the session with on your behalf. And then we perform a body scan and work to promote emotional and physical healing sessions take anywhere from two to five hours or so and I'm never in a rush I don't charge by the hour I'm here for you I want this to be a relaxing enjoyable experience and I'm just now starting to take clients again I went on a break obviously with COVID I have now a sterilized environment I'm getting COVID tests regularly and take temperatures of myself and my clients prior to each session and I'm also offering modified digital versions so can't do a full version without being in person, but we can do modified digital meditations to kind of help you tap in and connect to your past lives. Um, But it is another fun option, too. And then at the end of each session, I safely close it out. And then we have a discussion about what you experience. We're able to draw any connections or correlations. Um, And then after that session, I usually say that you should eat within one to two hours to ground yourself. And I don't recommend going right to sleep. So no naps or, um, you know, it shouldn't be done right before you go to bed. So any other time during the day is perfect. So what you get from the past life or the alpha state portion is a lot of emotional healing. This is that scene watching or that scene feeling, Um, connections, understanding your purpose and unveiling your past experiences. This is a way to give yourself more compassion for traits that might be imprinted on your soul, good or bad, um, and really kind of help show you who you are in this life. It'll help you to understand different relationships with people in your life. And in session, I often ask clients if they're interacting with someone in a scene to look at their eyes and to see if they recognize their energy. Everyone can do this too. It's like, you know, when you've had a dream and you're like, it was my mom, but it wasn't her face, but I knew it was her. It's the same in these sessions. Everyone knows the essence or the energy of someone close to them and they can recognize why they know them in this life. This is something that we call a soul contract, which many of us make with those close to us to help one another learn different lessons in life. Okay, so what do you get from the subconscious or that deeper theta state portion? You get a lot of physical healing and this is a moment of reflection so this is the realization stage you'll gain an understanding of why you saw what you saw in the past life portion you'll see and understand parallels in your current life and how they tie to your past lives and experiences you'll open up memories that either serve you or hold you back and we unpack the lessons that you've learned and are here to learn in this life you see the themes and past of current lives and you'll really start to understand and release issues in a safe space helping you access your own power on a cellular level it is magic it also helps us to release any emotional baggage that we might be carrying right this baggage could be festering in your body it could be manifesting as current pains or illnesses chronic diseases these sessions will help you release that pain and illness both mental and physical and we do a body healing scan to get your body to function and operate at its highest potential. This is also where we ask the superconscious or the subconscious the questions that you came prepared with. So a lot of these physical healings that we suffer from in this life as diseases um, are, are really it's our body not being able to be at ease. It's a residual manifestation of. From a past life, a lot of the time, it could be something sticking to you. For example, one of my clients had a birthmark in the same place he was shot and killed in a past life. Another had a tumor in her head in the same place where she was hit with a bottle and killed in a past life. And another had a phobia of the ocean and large boats only to find that she was forced against her will to see in a large ship where she was super unhappy, she was really uncomfortable and she was really sick. Oftentimes after a QHHT session, my clients recognize and heal that past trauma, they heal those current runes, those diseases or phobias, and they can actually just release them and let them go. Now that they had seen it or felt it and understood the connection, they can just let it go. So a lot of people also ask me, how long does the healing take? Well, most of the main healing is immediate in session. Um, but you will continue to closely experience healing for anywhere from one to three days after a session and can be up to two weeks. You might experience a form of your body detoxing for a couple days after the session. And I do say that it's super important to drink a lot of water within the three days after the session, just like any other energetic therapy session or sound bath. It's just important to ground and to drink that water. Um, I mentioned before, you shouldn't go right to sleep after the session, so your mind and body can kind of process it. If you go to sleep, it kind of connects the dream state that you'll be in sleeping with the regression session, and it doesn't it doesn't um, promote positive healing. It's nothing negative, nothing bad will happen, um, but it's important to kind of really separate those two occurrences, so if you go to sleep too soon after the session, um, it just won't have as rapid of healing. Um, as I mentioned before usually eat within the first hour or two um, and then as I also said you get a recording of this session so I do say continue to listen to it regularly for healing for months and even years to come because you will continue to receive that healing and how many sessions you need usually it depends on the client the issues the levels of healing and what you really want to get out of it. So I usually start with one session with a client and then go from there. And a lot of fears and and feedback that I get from clients prior to is that they're really worried that it's not going to work. They say, you know, questions like, what if it doesn't work? What if I see something that I don't want to see? What if I'm a person that has trouble visualizing as we move through the meditation portion? And this is a really exciting healing process. We're not really used to experiencing in this way. So naturally, of course, the unknown might feel strange, but this is a really safe form of therapy, and it consists of all light and a ton of love. So The only thing that I usually say that you would need to do is to relax and follow the guided visualization. You don't need to be psychic or intuitive or anything like that for this to work. You know, everyone is capable of getting into that theta meditative state. So this this form of hypnosis literally works on everyone and no one ever comes out of a session more traumatized than they were before they sat down, right? We all have crazy stuff. We all have soul imprints of being victims and perpetrators. We all have struggles and strife and that's okay. That really is part of the learning and the healing. And it's my job as the therapist during these sessions to really watch your cues and to guide you to keep you safe and protected. You also don't necessarily have to experience these things in your past life. You're you're able to watch situations as an observer as well, which can help clients if they end up getting triggered emotionally. You know, think about your dreams. Sometimes you're dreaming through your eyes and sometimes you're watching yourself um, like as if it's a movie. So first person, third person in your dreams, same thing. You can definitely do that um, and I can guide you through that in sessions. And if you think that you are someone who has trouble visualizing, that's okay. I, I'd like to ask you, how do you daydream? How do you dream? Um, do you feel things? Do you intuitively know things? Do you see something? So you might think that you can't do this, but I assure you, you do stuff like this all the time, each and every day without even realizing it. And I'll also say, this is a really safe process. I've been extensively trained to implement safeguards and procedures that really help to guide and facilitate your subconscious. So you will never see anything that you're not ready to see. This really is part of your personal and unique path of growth and evolution. And your guides will always show you what you're supposed to be seeing in order to heal. That being said... I don't want to diminish the heaviness of life and trauma and death and, and hardships that you have endured in this life. I understand that everyone has their own experience that they really come to the session with and that's good and bad. And we're all here, I think in this life to really learn about ourselves and our relationships and, and the divine purpose really. And I believe, and these are just my beliefs, but I believe that Earth is kind of like a school, and each life has a theme. So think of a theme as a major in college. There are themes and sub-themes in every life, like majors and minors. So we're all learning at our own pace and in our own way. These sessions will really just help you uncover your themes. And as you start to uncover yours, you can start to look at your friends and your family members and people around you and start to understand, well, what is their theme in this life? What's something that they continue to um experience or what continues to pop up for them and why is it popping up for them. So it's just a really nice way to kind of remove yourself from the day-to-day in order to really understand the bigger picture of life. So by doing this work and breathing love into it, we can receive guidance, we can receive insight where we can really start to connect with our higher self and we can connect with the world around us. So themes as far as themes in general you might be saying well what is a theme I mean based on what I've seen from clients and from my own experiences these themes aren't complicated we tend to make life so much more complicated and more difficult than it really is so themes are often like you know at the end of your life you look back and say I you know I should have showed more love or I should have spent more time with family or stress less or help others. They're really profound and they're really direct and personal to each person and their lives and experiences, but I have to say the messages and themes of our lives are beautifully simple and really uncomplicated, actually. So... In general, to prepare for a session, you would come prepared with, I usually say, at least five questions written down. It's what you'll be asking your subconscious or your higher self. So examples of these types of questions are, can I heal my high blood pressure? Why do I have a strained relationship with my sister? I once saw a large blue light or orb while I was driving. What was that? Or what is my purpose? Or what do I need to do to... Live a healthier life, or can I kick my addiction to XYZ? You know, my right leg has numbness. What is that? Can we heal it? So, you don't, um, you know, you don't have to feel pressured or stressed. Usually, a subconscious, higher self again, God, source, whatever you refer to it as will help, um, talk directly to you. So, it's almost just like a direct line of communication through this process. And I think I mentioned before, but I usually say don't plan to do anything after the session. It's really important to just be able to relax and reflect. After I did mine, my husband was just – he was like, are you okay? And I just had to go back upstairs. I started to re-listen to it. I started to take notes. I actually, like, made little stick drawings in my journal describing what I saw so I wouldn't forget and what I experienced um, and I always say don't come to any of the sessions with substances in your system of any kind. So no relaxing medications. I say no Xanax, don't have a glass of wine to relax, no Adderall or, or weed or anything like that. I think it's it's better for this. It's not It's not a plant journey. So I think that it's better to just come kind of level-headed without any substances in there. I would also like to share 11 tips that might indicate some clues into your past lives. So truth is, all of us have likely reincarnated. However, some of us have just gone through this cycle more than others. So therefore, they might experience um, you know, many of these characteristics that I'm about to go through. Some of you might only resonate with one or two of these tips. That's okay. Take what you want. Leave what you don't. So the first tip that might indicate some clue would be a reoccurring dream. Dreams are reflections of the unconscious mind. And while repetitive dreams might sometimes signify trauma or fear of issues that your brain is trying to process, right? Like unfinished business, repetitive dreams can also potentially be reflections of past life experiences. So a lot of people actually claim to have experienced certain events, seen certain people or gone to specific places frequently in their dreams that might feel super familiar and somehow recognizable, but they don't know how. So just remember that soul contract thing that I said before, you'll recognize places or people or the essence of both. So I personally don't have a ton of reoccurring dreams, but I do have certain specific dreams that I remember in detail that span my entire life like I, I remember a lot of these even from childhood I just know intuitively that they mean something to me um, and, and I remember so many of them in very 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 great detail so the second tip might be out of place memories so there are a lot of recorded instances of young children who have out of place memories that later prove to be super accurate and super in detail so while out-of-place memories could be due to, you know, just a fantasy or a misunderstanding um, or, or, you know, lack of the ability to actually fully remember, there is mounting evidence that suggests out-of-place memories could reveal connections to past lives. So think about when you travel somewhere and it just feels like home, but you don't know why. This particularly happens to me quite a bit. I can be driving on a street, I get an entire flash of a memory but I know that I never experienced it in this life and then you know I just sit with them I really try to determine is this a memory of mine from a past life is this a download that I'm getting about someone else's life that's sitting near me Um, also like when I've traveled I feel really really connected to certain places I went to Ireland I was blown away I just like I was touching you know the stone on some of the castles and it just like felt like it was a part of me Um, so, you know, it's really fascinating and a lot of these childhood stories are amazing. I will link them. We're going to, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later in the episode, and then I'll link a ton of different case studies, um, on YouTube in the episode notes. The third tip is that you have a really strong intuition. So intuitions is the ability to balance the conscious and the unconscious mind to tap into our higher selves of this primal wisdom, that innate knowledge that we all possess. So that's really what we're doing in these sessions, right? To kind of connect the subconscious to the conscious. And some people have to do that in a session. Some people can easily just tap into it on their own through meditation. Some have it kind of all day, every day. So it's said that the more we soulfully mature, the closer we are to returning to the source, which is also known as nirvana or eternity or oneness. So that's really where you know, they say our souls come from, which is that collective unconscious. So that body of universal knowledge that exists. So my intuition is just heightened, to say the least. Uh, The fourth is deja vu. I love this one. We've all experienced deja vu at some point in our lives. And it's bizarre to feel it, you know, right? We've all kind of experienced it. It's somehow we feel like we've already been there. We've already lived this moment in time before. And often deja vu comes spontaneously. It's triggered by smells or sounds or sights, tastes, other different sensations. And some people claim that deja vu reflects the possibility of other dimensions or parallel universes, which is like a trip to even wrap your mind around, but I love it. Um, Or it could be revealing a past life experience. So As I said, I'm so obsessed when this happens. It makes me feel like I'm really just like plugged in and tuned into something bigger and that everything is going very well and is right on track. So I I really resonate with deja vu too. Number five, you're an empath. Empaths absorb the emotions and in some instances, the physical pains of those around them literally empathizing. Or directly feeling or experiencing what others experience. So while identifying as an empath and absorbing the emotions of others has genuine cases, it can be a sign of a soul that has undergone many previous reincarnations that's refined to the point of transcending the individual self and its problems and extending to others as well. So it can almost like connect on a whole nother soulful level with somebody to really understand and empathize what they're going through, what they might be feeling. I personally am an empath, and I'm actually kind of working on it because I tend to take on others' emotions and even their pain sometimes on accident. I can imagine what they're going through so well that I just connect on another level. So this isn't really healthy, and if you're an empath, DM me on Instagram or text me so we can talk about it a little bit more. I've found some exercises that I've been getting into in order to separate myself when I get like too empathic, you know? Um, The sixth is precognition, also known as future sight or second sight. So precognition is the ability to obtain information about future events that isn't usually available. Precognition can be experienced through visions, through physical sensations, through different feelings that you might be having, um, or the ability to have dreams about something before it happens. So to many precognition, is a very very real experience it could indicate the maturation of the soulful energy in kind of a sort of psychic form so i have had dreams about things and then they happen this kind of set in for me when i was in high school a little bit while i was living up in big bear and then i moved down to like palm springs palm desert area halfway through high school and some of that psychic stuff kind of set in for me i'd know somebody's name right before they introduced themselves or i had dreams about something and then they'd happen and For me, it's kind of come in waves. I shut it off for a bit in my 20s, um, and I'm kind of just now opening back up and, and allowing myself to lean more into my energetic gifts. Number seven, retrocognition. So you probably guessed it, retrocognition is the opposite of precognition. So that refers to the ability to Obtain information that's not usually available about past events. So these past events could be in your own lifetime, it could be sometime in the distant past, or it can even be an event that's unrelated to your life. So, of course, retrocognition, unlike precognition, is not necessarily easy to prove or verify. So basically for those who have genuinely experienced it and have been able to like honestly verify it this ability could be a sign of a soulful reincarnation it's also um it it kind of reminds me of this amazing story that I wrote about this woman she could identify government details that wasn't known to the public about the assassination of JFK and she wasn't even there at the time so she was able to go back to that time in history which is pretty wild Number eight, you feel older than your age reflects. Some people are perpetually young at heart, even into their later lives, in the same manner. Some people just seem to have been born with old souls. The experience or feeling older than your age reflects um, you know, this this association with having reincarnated many times over and over. It's sort of echoed in that soul age theory where. There's a certain progression of a soulful development. So, from infant souls to awakened souls, for example, you know, you you've reincarnated a few times on Earth. This would reflect the age of your energy. So, in this life, you'll display um, a lot of primitive or childlike characteristics, kind of just young. Um, and youthful and and if on the flip side of that your soulful energy has reincarnated many times over you'll display a lot of matured sort of like wizened characteristics so if you feel older than your age reflects you might be a mature or old soul i have been told that i was an old soul literally since elementary school and more recently my friend mare says i am old like grandmother willow in pocahontas I'm obsessed with that, so I'll take it. Thank you, Mayor. Number nine, you have a great affinity for certain cultures, time periods, and environments. It's said that having a great unexplainable attraction for certain cultures or time periods is kind of a past life residue. It's reminiscent of a certain place, culture, environment that your soul might have experienced in past lives. For instance, you might have an inexplicable affinity to Asian culture or celtic artifacts or the 19th century and I know that people kind of make fun of others or poke fun at others for like loving a good period piece for a movie or a tv show but you gotta listen to those inklings really they connect you to those different time periods I'm wildly connected to different places and styles and time periods and no surprise of sense since regressed and realized that I was so into these certain places and time periods because I actually lived through them so The tundra or Mesopotamia or Ireland, Southeast Asia, I mean, I have now um, internal validation of why I've been so connected to those lives and to those places. 10. Unexplainable fears or phobias. As I touched on in the last point, many believe that certain memories or experiences can pass on or leave residues in our childhoods and our adulthoods from past lives. Whether this is true or just a form of problem bypassing, many believe that we can experience the echoes of past traumas in our own lifetimes in the form of unexplainable fears and phobias. So This can include the fear of drowning, the fear of certain types of animals, uh, the fear of certain places or people, the fear of particular numbers or colors or objects. Um, I personally have been afraid of police since I was a really little girl. I used to cry hysterically when I would see them driving with my mom. I would, I would tell my mom when I was literally barely old enough to talk, act casual, act casual mom. And she'd say, honey, we didn't do anything wrong. So I now know that I was beaten and killed by police in the sixties, but through QHHT therapy, I was really able to understand forgive and heal the trauma so I didn't have these residual fears and phobias kind of sticking to me in this life and I also read that book that I talked about many lives many masters so you'll hear a ton of different case studies of this wonderful therapist who really helped clear severe life debilitating phobias from from a specific woman originally and has gone on to do several others and the final tip is number 11. You feel as though this earth is not your home. The yearning to find your home can be seen as a reflection of the desire to return back to source, to oneness or divinity. So a lot of people feel this yearning and pulling um, to kind of be reminiscent of an athlete running a long race, really longing to reach that finish line. So, in the same manner, souls that have reincarnated many times over express this basic need for finally completing the cycle and returning home. Feeling that this earth is not your home is often accompanied by chronic feelings of tiredness or weariness for life on this earth or lack of connection to this planet. I don't personally feel this way but I have a lot of friends who actually do and and I have had other lives on other planets I believe outside of our galaxy but I'm not quite as eager to leave yet personally. I think that I think that I'm here to kind of help be of service and to support this planet. So Earth is the only planet to experience emotions in a heightened way as we do. We're actually really lucky, even though it feels really hard right now. So through this experience of of emotion, souls can grow exponentially by feeling the sickness and health, happiness and sadness, life, death, sorrow, bliss, light, dark, fear, strength, Vulnerability, courage, you name it. These are all forms of energy exchanges. It's all physics, kind of. It's karma, it's consciousness. So, Earth is this amazing planet, but a lot of people do, I think, come from other galaxies or other dimensions, and they're really eager to return back to their home once they've learned these different themes here in order to elevate their consciousness or elevate their light, which is where. You've heard the term lightworkers. They're often from different dimensions here to help raise the vibration here on Earth. And I know that this might sound pretty wild, but I personally think it's true. Again, if you don't resonate with it, that's totally okay. I respect everybody's views and beliefs. Um, Just based on my readings, my research, and, and just kind of my inner knowing, it's just what I believe to be true it's important to look to various stories and ancient rituals from years past. This is a segment called Ancient Ancestors and will help us learn from cultures, myths, and those who came before us. The belief of past lives or reincarnation known as metempsychosis and transmigration has existed for thousands of years, spanning back even to the ancient Celtic greek asian and uh, indian traditions so some of the most intrinsic beliefs of reincarnation is that most of us have lived many lives before and sometimes we can even remember these past lives as we've talked about through um you know our dreams through meditation QHHT therapy different regressions even just day-to-day downloads Plato, even in the 5th and 4th century BCE, believed in an immortal soul that participates in frequent incarnations. The Egyptians are also the first who reported the doctrine of that Um, you know of the concept that the soul of man is immortal and that when the body dies the soul enters into another creature they believe that once that has gone through the round of all of the creatures of land and sea and air it then enters into a human body as it comes to birth and that makes um, you know this this wholesome perfect round in a period of 3,000 years. The Tlingit people are native americans who settled in the northwest area of north america alaska and canada so there are an estimated um to be about sixteen thousand of them today and their belief system on the afterlife is that spirits go into an afterlife accordance with their morality throughout their life so similar in their minds to kind of heaven and hell and other religions so those who withheld a high standard of morals were sent to Kiwawa and others were sent to Ketokiwa. However, this afterlife only lasted for a short duration and then individuals would eventually return as a reincarnation of a deceased maternal relative. So I I don't personally believe necessarily in heaven or hell in the sense that heaven is in the clouds and hell is underground with all these fires. but in my mind, those are more like metaphors. I believe when we die, we all go to the same place of reflection. Um, We look back on our life and uncover the themes of that life. So sometimes when we're, you know, bad per se, we're just there in that space reflecting for longer, but God or source or the universe will never necessarily punish us we are all full of love we all get full love so karmically we can look back and know when we've done something wrong we're there to reflect for longer um, on those things that we've done wrong or that we've hurt others in this life and to, that we we might just have to stay in that in between for a longer period basically so we all will experience a form of heaven which is amazing and wonderful it's warm and light and full of love it has truly the most beautiful sensations that we've ever experienced i've experienced this through different regressions i've recalled obviously working with clients but also um, a lot of like uh, nde near-death experience um, clients and patients and case studies which is just fascinating Also, the modern Igbo tribe, they um, are in Nigeria. when, When adhering to the Christian religion, they've kind of preserved a lot of the features of the Igbo traditional religion. So the belief in reincarnation seems to be particularly strong in that area. The the Igbo believe that reincarnation usually occurs within the same immediate or extended family. They try to identify the reincarnated ancestor by different birthmarks, statements that a child makes when it becomes able to speak, and different behavioral resemblances between the child and the deceased person whom is the perceived Reincarnation. So, oracles are frequently consulted to make or confirm an identification. The Igbo believe that deceased persons inhabit a discarnate realm, but they can see this as this undesirable limbo from which these souls are eager to return to a new terrestrial life. So, the Igbo concept of reincarnation does include a belief of a group of souls called, I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong, Obanje, who are born, die early in life, and then are reborn in the same family repeatedly. And again, some of these same sort of stories and case studies can be heard in some of the links that I will share in the notes. The last group I'll touch on um, are the Cathars. So they lived in the Southwest region of France. They developed their belief system in the 12th and the 13th century, and they didn't believe in last judgment necessarily. They instead believed that this material world would end only when the last of the angelic souls had been released from it. So they believe in reincarnation and that souls could take many lifetimes in order to reach that perfection of, Um, before their final release and again I share these stories with you because I think that there is truly a lot that we can learn from from tribes from rituals from different teachings from the past you know and in in an effort to really start to understand our future and our present to be honest I mean I just I think that there's so much that we can learn and I just think it's so beautiful to understand that every culture has different beliefs. And I think it's really important to listen to others' beliefs, to others' thoughts and others' religions and why they've believed something and what, you know, through their ancestral line has been carried down from generation to generation. Welcome to Mindful and Metaphysical, a segment where we will delve into a wild theory, concept, scientific breakthrough, or idea that will help you see the world and our reality through a different lens when you hear the term akashic records what comes to mind have you heard of them some people think of the akashic records as a library or a book and some think of it as a database but according to the records themselves they are another dimension called the akasha so the akasha is a higher dimension it's higher than the third dimension that we currently live in today know it sounds kind of weird but stay with me so in the Akasha every thought idea and action from the past present and future is stored if you're familiar with string theory the Akashic records are basically like a database of what's happening in all of the universes that are coexisting together so the Akashic records are basically a record of what will happen is happening or has happened and because they're a higher dimension the rules of time don't really apply if you are interested in time and the concept refer back to that previous episode i talked a lot about the constructs of time but time is sort of a flat circle to the akashic record so the information from 2000 years ago is as accessible as what happened to you yesterday and what happened to you yesterday is as available as what could happen to you if you stay on the same destiny trajectory in say 10 years. Edgar Casey, the famed medium who popularized the records, described them as the the book of life. It can be equated to the universe's supercomputer system. It's a really actually cool way to think about it. So he said In this system that acts as the central storehouse for all information for every individual who's ever lived on the earth. So more than just a reservoir of events, the Akashic records contain every deed, word, feeling, thought, and intent that has ever occurred at any time in history of the world. Much more than simply a memory storehouse, these Akashic records are interactive in that they have a tremendous influence on our everyday lives, on our relationships, our feelings, and our belief systems, sort of the potential realities that we draw towards us. The Akashic Records contain the entire history of every soul since the dawn of creation. These records really can connect each one of us to one another. Linda Howe, the author of the incredibly informative book, How to Read the Akashic Records, describes them this way, The Akashic Records offer empowerment and transformation by lending us exactly the wisdom, guidance, and energetic support that we need in this lifetime. For centuries, the records, the energetic archive of souls past, present, and future possibilities were the exclusive domain of mystics, saints, and scholars. No longer. The collective consciousness of the human race has been growing, evolving, and maturing. This spiritual independence is marked by individuals who know that they have a direct access to their spiritual source and who cultivate that same sacred relationship so why are some people skeptical about them well people kind of doubt the validity of the akashic records for a few reasons one reason could be that they ask the records for an answer about their future only to find that it doesn't come to fruition in the way that the records described But the thing is, we're always in control of our own destiny. I think this is really important to remember. The records just tell us what the most likely outcome is going to be based on the trajectory that we're already on in this life or past lives. Think of it kind of like a soulful AI. But at any moment, we can decide to forge a new path and redirect our possible outcomes. I like to think about this and, and kind of related but unrelated, it reminds me of that movie, The Adjustment Bureau with Matt Damon and Emily Blunt, kind of similar. I mean, ultimately, you can decide what your path is. Um, But, you know, we all end up being kind of predictable if we have certain habits or patterns. It's also easy to doubt the records because it's weird, right? Like it's weird to hear messages in your head. but you might write off that information that's coming to you as your own subconscious thoughts and you know what that might be the truth honestly who knows right i mean you can choose to believe whatever you want but either way by taking the time to tap into the records you're opening yourself up to a source of knowledge that's more potent than your conscious mind so whether you believe that the information is coming from your higher self or from the akashic records that's entirely up to you both will be healing and profound and really helpful if you allow it. A really great Goop article talked to this woman named Caitlin Marino too and she's this amazing intuitive energy practitioner and they talked about the connection to past lives and the Akashic Records and I also really love how she describes it. So she said instead of past lives she actually refers to them as alternate lifetimes instead of past lives. So so she goes on to say that Time and space cease to exist when you begin exploring dimensions. So instead we perceive multiple dimensions of reality where all of these versions of ourselves are happening simultaneously. So from this perspective, our existence isn't, it's not necessarily linear, so we don't disperse our identity on a timeline that starts at birth and then ends at death. Our souls have cyclical lives like an infinity sign and that infinity sign holds over itself. But there is this place in everybody's energy field called the Akashic Record. So this holds, as we said, their entire soul's history, past, present, future, parallel. And and Caitlin says, Through these records, we're able to access any moment in a soul's journey. So she says that she uses the Akashic records in her healing work to remove past lives that might carry lower vibrations, imprints, and stuck energy that are inhibiting a soul's evolution. So a past life wound might show up as that karmic illness, which is caused by an energy that's left over from another lifetime that's still present now to balance or complete that karma on a person that's circular karma for that individual so when we use it as an opportunity for metamorphosis karmic illness has the potential to change a person's path in order to support their greatest benefit I use past lives to um, you know create context and resolution she she does this through the same way through self-awareness and just, I think the simple act of just acknowledging a past life through a reading has the potential to alleviate karma and to really kind of heal and rid anything that's sticking to you. So anytime our consciousness expands in this way, we are increasing our potential for evolution. That's why I love QHHT. I mean, through that, we are able to tap into our higher selves and the Akashic Records in order to help heal you in a miraculous way. The most fascinating and resonating things for past life regression for me and and for understanding reincarnation are the stories that can be proven, right? We all want the facts and the evidence. So Many can be proven by adults, but so many come about by these young children. So they say that until a child is about eight years old, they can remember their past lives pretty clearly. I love when these memories from sessions can be proved with factual dates, with names, with records or historical landmarks. Um, There are a couple stories that I've heard and I always think of, and I will make sure to find them and link them in the episode notes. But there's this one story of, of this young boy who distinctly remembered his life in World War II, where his plane was shot down. He remembered the name of his sister and other family members, his parents. And, um, you know, his parents were really Christian. They didn't believe anything, but they wanted to help heal their son who was clearly visibly upset and super traumatized by these memories. So they took him to where he said his plane was shot down and he cried and they left flowers and he was able to find peace um and and it was just unbelievable to hear this and no surprise in this life he's then gone on to go into the military there was like kind of like a before and after story talking about him and his memories and he was saying that as soon as he was able to go to that place where he was shot down and killed um he was able to clear it and cleanse it and they were able to find the name, you know, that he gave the name, he said so-and-so's name who was in the plane nearest him when he got shot down. He was the only one that did get shot down in that area. So there was like proof and evidence and, you know, some of the survivors, some World War II vets were able to to confirm it as well. So that was an amazing, amazing story. There's another good one about this two or three-year-old boy and his father was changing his diaper and, and the kid, I mean, he said, I remember him saying something like to the dad, when you were my age, I used to change your diapers. And the dad obviously laughed it off. I mean, we think that kids say crazy things, but honestly, listen to what clues and intel your kids are telling you. So anyways, the family was looking at old photos and later the boy said, that's my car. And the parents said, no, that was, that was your grandfather's car. He's, he's not here, you know, and the little boy kept insisting. And so they tried to test him. So they showed him all of these other pictures with his grandfather when he was like a young boy and and he kept pointing them out. And then so to make things harder, they had showed a photo of a group of very young boys and they all looked really similar, about the same age, and there was a group of them. So he'd have to pick them out. And he said, that's me. and He was totally accurate, which is wild. Um, and the last quick little one that I'll share today, I, honestly, I could go on and on with these things. I think they're so interesting. Um, it's about to be made into a movie called The Boy Who Knew Too Much. So it's an amazing book. If you're interested, definitely buy the book. Um, my husband was reading it and it's written by the mother of a boy named Christian Haupt. So he was discovered on YouTube by Adam Sandler, who's cast at like four years old to be in the movie, That's My Boy. So the young boy Christian, when they were there shooting, said, Mommy, I used to be a tall baseball player. And she said, Yeah, you'll, you'll be a tall baseball player someday. And, and he stomped his feet. And he was like, No, Mom, I was a tall baseball player like Daddy. And I mean, when he was just two years old was when these videos started kind of circulating on YouTube. So he's this baseball prodigy, right? He he kept sharing all these memories of being a baseball player in the 20s and the 30s from riding cross country on trains to this fierce rivalry that he had with Babe Ruth. I mean, he pointed at Babe Ruth's picture and was like, he was so mean to me, mommy. He was mean to me. And, you know, Christian really described these historical facts about the life of this American hero and the baseball legend Lou Gehrig so he couldn't have possibly made that up or known at that time so The Boy Who Knew Too Much is as I said written by his mother she was and is uh, this lovely Christian woman she you know kind of was unfolding and grappling with these crazy occurrences with her son and literally it'll for sure shake your beliefs because you'll be able to kind of change your views on life and death. It's such a good read. And what's so interesting is that after all of this happened, trying to make sense of it, she actually, the mother was um, regressed with a QHHT session by Heron. So he is an amazing, amazing uh, regression therapist and was also trained by Dolores Cannon. So the same training that I've had um, was actually through this same guy, oddly enough. And I'm, I'm very eager. I need to actually make a session of my own with him. Okay, my little starseeds, it's time for a soulful send-off. Each week, this will either be a soul card that is drawn for us as a group collective, a beautiful poem, or a scripture to inspire your day. Today, I want to leave you with this really beautiful inspirational poem by Robert Longley. It's called Past Lives, and it's about two people who knew each other in a past life and what it means for them in this life. When last you stood together amidst the halls of stone, you knew you'd travel separately, yet never be alone. It was a time of grandeur, like few the world has seen. You made a handsome couple in the roles of king and queen. The spring waters provided bounty for the people of your lands, yet it always stayed in balance with the ever encroaching sands. So now you know a secret of days and times before. Please treat it as a special key to open other doors." Ugh, I have goosebumps. I love it so much. Um, As I mentioned throughout this podcast, I will be sharing links to different books and movies on these topics, um, which I have loved throughout the years. You might also enjoy, and um, I'll verbally kind of mention them here, but feel free to pull them from the notes as well. So movies to watch, books to read. First up is books, Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss, Five Lives Remembered by Dolores Cannon, The Boy Who Knew Too Much by Kathy Bird, How to Read the Akashic Records by Linda Howe, Old Souls by Tom Schroeder. Movies and Television, Cloud Atlas with Tom Hanks and Halle Berry, I Origins, The OA, A Dog's Purpose, Birth with Nicole Kidman, Yesterday's Children with Jane Seymour, The Fountain with Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weitz, On a Clear Day, You Can See Forever with Barbara Streisand, Chances Are with Robert Downey Jr., and Little Buddha with Keanu Reeves. And then I will also share a slew of YouTube links um, in the notes. Obviously, I'm not going to say them out loud, but you can click on them. And those are a lot of the child stories and the different evidence of reincarnation through different children who have talked about it and and their connection through remembering past lives of course if you have anything on these topics that you'd like to share back with me i would love to hear from you so you can email me at shana s-h-a-n-a at mindfuldivine.com. you can dm me on instagram at shana underscore bianchi Uh, Or just shoot me a text if you know me personally. And with that, we conclude another episode of Mindful Divine. For more information, you can check out my website, MindfulDivine.com, where you'll also find insight on therapy sessions, workshops, courses, events, and so much more. Plus, right now, for a limited time, you can still get your free ebook to help you unlock your purpose at MindfulDivine.com dot com forward slash online dash courses. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, mindful divine, where I will start to post exclusive behind the scenes content on the show very soon. And of course, be sure to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And this episode in the podcast app, the iTunes store, or wherever you get your podcasts until next time, stay mindful and divine. Bye.